What's up, everybody? I'm Mike Posbon, and you are listening to part four of episode 19 of VGM Generations. With me this time is Jordan Belinsky. Hi. <laughs> and back from his uh, another... Every time Italian I say you're back, adventure? you're back from back another from something. world adventure. That's right. Aaron I'm Blauchar. an adventure. Here I am. Hi. <laughs> back from Italy this time. Watch out. <laughs> and in this series of episodes, we are talking about whatever we want. It is anything goes month. And uh, it's my turn to go first yet again. And the I'm going back to Zelda month, uh, <laughs> which we did a little while ago in honor of Breath of the Wild. But in that month, we didn't really... We talked a lot about Breath of the Wild, but we didn't feature any music from Breath of the Wild. If I oh no, we, I, I talked about Breath of the Wild. I did the Death Mountain. Oh yeah, yeah. oh that's right, you so did. We yeah, were being yeah. really careful about spoilers. Yes, we were. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Now I'm going to be less careful because we've uh, we've all played the game quite a bit now, and so yeah, spoiler alert. <laughs> if you haven't played the game and you don't want anything, like I'm not going to be spoiler heavy. There's a couple little musical uh, spoilers I'm going to give away, but but I'm just going to randomly shout spoilers while you're talking. <laughs> so. Beware. <laughs> anyway, but um, so yeah, Breath of the Wild, and I am doing uh, Zora's Domain, the night version of the song. If you don't know, uh, in Breath of the Wild, most of the area themes have a day and night version. I preferred the night version personally. Uh, so this was a game done by Nintendo Entertainment Planning and Development, which is a new portion of Nintendo that was set up uh, when Iwata passed away and the new president took over. Uh, he combined EAD and I think it was like SPA or something into one group called Nintendo Entertainment Planning and Development. And I know that might be weird for some of you guys, but I just love all these weird Nintendo names. <laughs> well, the <laughs> games are so big, you kind of need more people involved. I right? guess, yeah. yeah. Uh, Wouldn't it make more sense to combine like EAD and SPA into EADSPA or SPIDE or something <laughs> yeah, like I don't that? know. They just wanted a new name, I guess. A, fun, a new a fun, acronym. They, they wanted acronym. a fun new acronym. Uh, so, and obviously published by Nintendo uh, this year. 2017. So uh, the music is uh, was a com compositional team. The lead composer was Monaco Katoka and yes Yasuaki Iwata are the two composers. Um, so the reason I picked Zora's Domain was um, this was the one musical reference or arrangement in this case in the game that really caught my ear when I played through the game. You know, like as soon as I went into Zora's Domain, I'm walking around and you're talking to everybody and then I was like, oh wait. This is the music. This is the Zora's Domain. your nostalgia domain. meter went off because of Ocarina, right? Exactly, yeah. right. And but like there, there are tons of musical references in the game. But you know, I'm, I'm sad to admit this, but I'm not really a big enough Zelda fan. In that, it's not that I don't love Zelda. I do, but I haven't played all the games. I'm not. I'm my get my, off the podcast. Exactly, my <laughs> that Dragon Roost theme though from the uh, that that's, yeah. yeah, that's <laughs> probably that my actually, favorite. Too. I watched a video about it, and that was the guy's favorite too. Yeah. He was like, when when you go there and you hear the Dragon Roost theme, he's like, that's crazy. Like yeah. he said, like I sat there and just like stopped playing for like twenty minutes and just listened. It's to it. It's one of the more memorable songs, and you're totally not expecting it. Unlike yeah. Zora's Domain, you're listening for it. You're like, did they use it? Yeah. Yes, they did. Yeah, it catches you off guard. Um, so. But like you guys definitely are bigger Zelda fans than me in the amount of Zelda games you've played. And in the way, like Aaron, I remember you talking about it immediately, like hearing the musical references and being like, there's a ton of them in there and like old ones from like the original Zelda and stuff that I didn't recognize. Yeah, it's like even when you boot up the game, it's like, hey, that little riff is from the Game Boy game. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Stuff like that. So um, I actually think that this arrangement of this piece is maybe even more beautiful than the original just because it benefits from the years of technology that we've gone through and that they can fully orchestrate it that you know the original was obviously done with midi instruments it's it's a beautiful piece of music but played on midi instruments for me it's never going to be quite as good as when it's played by a real orchestra plus they got rid of the lazy unoriginal koji kondo for <laughs> lead composer Actually, about Co time they've been trying to get i know he was guy. involved in the game but <laughs> he was yeah he he oversaw a lot of the music for the game yeah uh stealing my points from later but uh <laughs> <laughs> so uh some of the other musical cues i wanted to mention just before we listen to this one is um dragon roost island which you guys brought up uh the great fairy fountain which is pretty mm -hmm. much the same one again uh epona's song is in there um and the main zelda theme is in there but uh, this is, so here's your spoiler alert um, for something that you may not have caught. Uh, but the main Zelda theme is in there, but you only hear it if you ride your horse at night for a really long distance. Yeah. It will start to fade in to like the, the 
the horse riding music, if you will. That was one of my favorite moments in the game, actually, was when, when I was riding the horse at night, and that happened to me the, for the first time, and it played those little that little bit of the main theme. Yeah. And I'm like, this is just so perfect. But and it's slower and it's low. It's not loud yeah. in the mix, but it's there. <laughs> can, can I throw in another like super spoiler? Go ahead. Let's let's get even spoilery. The main theme actually appears again in the in the game out in a different context. Okay. And after you complete um, Cass's quest line. So you complete Cass's quest line and you go and talk to him and he tells you the final component of his story and he plays you a song and he actually plays his accordion and it's a really long song and it weaves in and out of the main Zelda theme as oh, he's really? playing it and it's really cool. That's cool. So, I haven't got there yet so that it's a little spoiler for me but I don't mind. That's very cool. That's that's a good detail to put in there. Um, and yeah, that's all I have for that one. So the I chose the night version because it's slower tempo and for me, Zora's Domain is like, it's a very peaceful piece of music, right? It's something that I think benefits from being a little slower tempo. The day theme is just like a little bit too bright for that style of music for me. It's like... And Zora's Domain for me is always like Ocarina. It's like in a cave. It's exactly. Like basically, yeah. you're, you're hidden from the sun and it's almost like a pond in a cave where you get that sort of like uh, refraction reflecting all over the walls. That yeah. kind of thing. It's it just, yeah, it's tranquil. Kind of, I guess it's almost eerie, but a little, yeah, tranquil is the It's perfect, almost like a weekend word. getaway to like one of those spas. That's exactly. So let's listen to uh, the night version of Zora's domain from breath of the wild.
on the topic of Zoras and music. Do you guys remember the name of the band from... The Indiegogos? Yeah, there you yeah. go. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that might be a little tougher for you guys, but not quite. No, I <laughs> love the Indiegogos. In fact, I love the whole band storyline from Majora's Mask. It's fantastic. Yeah. like and, and it starts in such a weird way where you like find the guitarist, wash up on the, Dead beach, on the beach, and then he dies. Yeah. Yeah. And then, well, I mean, that goes was, with the whole dark theme of yeah. Majora's Mask, right? yeah. where everything's really and like steal terrible his, and, and dark. you steal his face. So, yeah, you know. and his guitar and his guitar. Does, does as, he give you, you the guitar, though? <laughs> well, isn't his guitar like his tombstone or his like when he dies? There's like I don't know if it's like a, the tombstone is like his guitar or a surfboard or something, but there's like this thing that yeah. sticks in the sand where he died. Because I can't quite remember, but I thought he actually gives you the guitar and maybe tell, oh yeah. yeah, and he's like play this song and then yeah. he dies. That's how everyone dies. Yeah. They, they give you their instrument, you play it, and they die. Yeah. That game's so dark. <laughs> that happened in Link to the Past as well. The little boy with the flute. Right. He gives you his, his flute or the, the ocarina or whatever. Wasn't he already dead though? He was, he was but, but his yeah. ghost passes yeah. once you play it one last time. No, he turns into the tree. Yeah. Yeah. Man. Zelda music references. <laughs> it's stuff. I want to play Majora's Mask now. There you yeah. go. Um, wasn't it too that the bar... Like it's a bar. Like yeah. they don't let kids in, right? Yeah. yeah, you have to be over eighteen to drink the milk. The milk, yeah. So it's like, what's in that milk? Now, <laughs> is it milk in the Japanese version, or did they just, you know, it's booze? Know. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's yeah. boozy milk. It's yeah. like the milk well, like went bad a little bit, and so it's like a little booze. <laughs> at the ranch, the little girl, like they produce milk at the ranch, and yeah. the little girl in Majora's Mask says. My older sister is going to let me have stay up late and drink the milk tonight, yeah. which is the night that they all die. So. Yeah. Yeah. And they, yeah, because you know that she's like basically putting her, like drugging her almost so, so that again, she falls asleep before. Dies. Yeah. I know. It's, it's such very, a good game. It's really messed up. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. All right. So uh, let's talk a little bit about the uh, two composers that um, produced all the music for Breath of Wild, which I know everyone in this room thinks is fantastic, I think. Um, very different than your traditional Zelda music, for sure. It's minimalist. Mu very minimalist, much more sparse. Uh, there are lots of times where the music fades out completely, and it's just ambient sound in the game. Which was totally the right call. Very smart move. Let the game, let the ambient environment speak for itself. Yeah. It's just that kind of game. Yeah, but it, of course, not very traditional for... Or like if you think back to Ocarina of Time, you always have all this music. It's very like, you know, it's pushing you forward. It's inspirational. It's, you mm -hmm. know, it pumps you up all the time. You know, we talk about the the music from uh, oh, Wind Waker and is it Wind Waker? Yeah, Wind Waker and like that ocean theme and stuff like that. Like yeah. all those great pieces of music. My my personal favorite piece is always the Ocarina of Time, just the field. When like the sun comes up and you get that the little like boo -doo -doo, boo -doo -doo. yeah it does that little trill it does that little yeah. trill and then it starts into that like I love that I I'll never not love that so but this music is very different so they went with two very different composers so they're very um, I guess junior composers and not to not to you know throw shade at all but like they obviously did a great job but both of these composers have only worked for Nintendo for a few years and don't have much under their belt. So uh, the lead composer's previous games include Wii Fit, Spirit Tracks, and the two animal newer Animal Crossing games, City Folk and New Leaf, which New Leaf I've been playing actually recently and has a great soundtrack. And then uh, Iwata's uh, previous games include Super Mario 3D World, and this might be why the I like the music so much, Mario Kart 8. <laughs> okay. In my opinion, Nintendo's greatest soundtrack of all time. Um, You've never mentioned that before, though. <laughs> no, I haven't. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> should talk about that game. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. So, and actually, it was um, it was Iwata that did the arrangement of the Zora's Domain piece that we just listened to. And um, I couldn't find any... I was really hoping to find... A lot of the time when we're going for the podcast, I search around for um, interviews or or any sort of questions that like they actually interviewed the composers i couldn't find anything so if anyone out there listening uh, knows of one even like a translated japanese one i would love to find something because i want to hear from the composers more about you know why they why they um composed this game how they did like why they made it so sparse and stuff like that i agree with you it was the right choice i just want to hear it in their words kind of thing so if anyone knows i need like somebody come back and like bring back Iwata asks because I feel like that's where I would have gotten that information previously. It so. would be neat to just get an inside scoop on the development of the game in general. Yeah, but, for yeah. sure. Because yeah. the little few things we have learned are really cool, like how they use that engine to do like 
8-bit style Zelda 1 graphics to test the game and yeah. the functions of the game. Yeah, to yeah. test the levels and yeah. yeah, stuff like that. Yeah. That was really awesome. There's lots of stuff. I wonder if Nintendo's just waiting a little longer if they just want it like so that like everybody's through it like they're they're being like wary of spoilers. I'm not sure. That could be it. You know, maybe. you release something like that and it kind of ruins some of the magic. Maybe on the anniversary of its release they'll uh, Yeah, maybe next year we'll get something. But anyway, Jordan, what do you have for us this week? It's funny that you just said on the anniversary of its release because the game that I'm <laughs> going to talk about uh, today, as of the day of this recording, um, the game that I'm talking about was released 27 years ago on this day. Wow. Yeah. That's it's crazy. called Happy Birthday. Happy to- Birthday, this game. <laughs> Akuma Joe special, Boku Dracula Kun, wow. or in English, Drac- uh, Demon Castle special. I'm Kid Dracula. <laughs> Demon Castle special. I'm Kid Dracula. I'm Kid Dracula. Uh, a lot of random words thrown on the Usually page. shortened. Japanese translations. <laughs> usually just shortened to Kid Dracula. Um, developed by Konami for the Famicom. So this did not come out on Nintendo. Um, I'll just real quick, actually, a sequel did. The sequel to this game, Kid Dracula, came out for the Game Boy around the world. But um, so Kid Dracula came out on uh, in October uh, 1990. And because it's a Konami game, it has Dracula in the title. This is part of the Castlevania universe. Oh, I didn't know it. It is, yeah. That's crazy. Is it canon? <laughs> I'm going to... Hopefully s- we see Kid Dracula in Netflix's Castlevania series. It's <laughs> <laughs> this little cartoon yeah. Kid Dracula comes in. Yeah, I, I, that would be awesome. Or maybe he'd just get his own animated special. Um He'll yeah. be the spinoff of the of the Castlevania Netflix series. Yeah, he he he'd probably make a good fit for the Captain N, the Game Master. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Oh man, I want to see that version. <laughs> that needs a reboot badly. So uh, I'm Kid Dracula. You play as the titular character Dracula as a kid. Um, it takes place in the Castlevania universe, but it feels more like a Mega Man game. Uh, You play through the levels and after defeating a boss, you don't get the boss's power, but you get a power up anyway. So as you play through each level, um, you get like a homing missile or um, a free shot or the ability to fly, you know, turns into a bat and flies away. All Dracula's classic powers that we know and love. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Like missile. I love homing missile. (laughs) 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 Yeah. Um, Yeah. So it's, you know, it's, so it's a platformer. It's um, very cutesy, but it's really, really hard. Um, when, when I say it's more like Mega Man than Castlevania, I don't know. Like, do you guys, what do you think is harder? Do you have, have you played through I'd the original? Castlevania is harder. Yeah. I'd say it's probably game dependent too, isn't yeah. it? Like well, certain, the, the early well, ones. With Mega Man, it's shorter. Like you can kind of like learn the patterns and get through Mega Man a little easier, I think. It's yeah. simpler in, it, in the way I think it functions. Castlevania for me was always more complex patterns. More complex. Yeah. Well, I was, I yeah, like Mega Man, you could start to memorize patterns and stuff and get better at it. But Castlevania had a lot of cheap deaths in it. Yes, it did. Yeah, this one. So Especially this when one, you got knocked off of staircases. Yeah, and I think those Hydra heads, are, the Medusa heads, are the worst things ever invented. Yeah, <laughs> like in uh, Castlevania Three, you're going through the clock tower. If you get knocked off those stairs, it's like a one hit death. Yeah. Yeah. So this game, I say, falls in that realm of difficulty. Um, but luckily in between each level, as you get your power ups, um, you, you play through these mini games. So every enemy you kill, so, um, you have a power up shot, you hold down the attack button and fire off a powered up shot. If you kill a bad guy with your powered up shot, he turns into money and you, you spend this money much like Mario two, um, at the bonus game that comes up in between each level. So in, uh, in Kid Dracula, the mini games range from like a Plinko style where you drop the <laughs> coin through totally random. Turns into Barker Bill's trick there's, shooting. <laughs> yeah, there's, that would have been better. Um, <laughs> Plug in your light gun. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a roulette table you play. There's one called the Can Can, and this one was interesting. So Can Can is there's three Can Can dancers that come out and they do like the the classic kick where you yeah, see the high under, kick, yeah, yeah where you see under their their dresses yeah. yeah 
before they do the kick, you have to randomly choose what color you think all their underwear is going to be. <laughs> that is so Japanese. Oh, yeah, that is absolutely. So and there were can-can dancers in Barker Bells. <laughs> oh, there you go. So, and I, I couldn't figure out the mini games until I played through each of them like several times. This is not a game you're going to pick up and understand right away, um, especially these mini games. But once I realized, oh, shoot, I'm supposed to be like matching the color of their underwear. So they would kick and it would be like, I would pick green and their underwear was red. And I'd be like, oh, darn, I don't get any free lives. Mm -hmm. But if you do, if you pick right, if you guess in any. So is it totally random chance? They're all chance games. Okay. But is there a pattern that you can like game the system? I didn't figure out a pattern. I, I thought you got to look on game facts. Yeah, there if might. Anyone, if anyone knows the underwear pattern from Kid Dracula, yeah. send us a tweet. <laughs> Everyone's got their tricks for Mario 2 for getting as many cherries as possible. Yeah, so. th there definitely is a trick to that. And there must be for this game, but I didn't figure it out. So it was all left to chance for me. Um, so, yeah, um, as far as other similarities to the Castlevania series, um, there's like a cutesy version of that dragon snake monster you fight in like the original. Uh, I think it was in Castlevania three, you know, where you like um, he looks like a snake, but he's got like a skeleton. Oh, like that dragon bone thing. Yeah, yeah. there's like now there's two versions of it. there's like the bone head that just comes out of the ground. And then yeah. there's the one that attaches to the wall. That's the one. The yeah. one you're like, yeah, right now, Aaron's like waving his arm like a snake. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's like it's like that. That thing is in the game. Um, and then the first level boss that everybody remembers from the original Castlevania, um, the KKK guy. I don't know if you guys have I mean he's got a hood. Yeah, there's there's this guy that it's runs around in a white like hood. Ghost, but he's got the point. <laughs> yes, but he does actually he has a swastika on his forehead too. Jeez, what? really? Yeah. yeah. But oh uh, of God. course, I know I know that some of our listeners are saying, well, it doesn't always mean what you know. It's <laughs> the swastika in no, Japan it, it, means something different. Um, it's a symbol of. Religion of like religion, or, or it, it, it has I thought nothing. It was an Indian religion that well, had it, and but it's flipped. It's uh, it's mirrored. Yeah. So and it's, in, the, it's well, drawn the Nazi symbol the is drawn way. backwards from the actual. From, yeah, yeah. Which, yeah, whichever way you want. It has nothing it. Yeah. to do with Nazis or you know Hitler or anything. Yeah. Like yeah. That. If you look at a map of Japan and you look at like the a shrine, like the Meiji shrine or something like yeah. that, it'll show that symbol. Like that's how they mark shrines in on maps of Japan. But you can't argue the fact that to, you know, a Westerner like myself and I come to the first level boss and it's a guy <laughs> in a white yeah. hood running around with a swastika on his forehead. It's <laughs> a little concerning, but it probably means something totally different. So, you know, him, he's the first level boss. Um, there's a chicken because Dracula fights chickens. So that's another boss. In <laughs> Is the it game. at least like a giant chicken? So you go from yeah, like yeah, a KKK a, Nazi to a chicken. To a chicken. <laughs> yeah. There's with like your missiles. Yeah. yeah, with your missiles. <laughs> The game it is bonk. perfect sense. Good thing you get the help from the can can dancers, though. That's so right. Yeah. The lore of this game makes perfect sense. So I've painted the picture. It's very, <laughs> amazing. very Japanese, very bonkers, very off the wall. Uh, one last Castlevania reference uh, that I really enjoy that ties into the game is the music. So um, the first level theme to the game, um, it's a rearrangement of a classic from Castlevania 3. So rather than telling you what that song is, I'm going to just play the song. It's called Go, go at the castle from I'm Kid Dracula.
the song in question Jazzy. was uh, the opening to Castlevania three called the beginning. And, uh, uh, kid Dracula does its own rendition called go, go at the castle, which I think is super fun and sets the theme for the game and all the wackiness and can can dancers and all the goofiness that this game is kind of developed. It's a lot of fun. So totally not your dark, creepy Castlevania, but it's your cutesy fun, still Halloween-y. There's lots of like Frankensteins and skeletons and, and of course, Dracula and all that good stuff. Um, on another, I guess, semi-music related note, the boss of level five is the Statue of Liberty. And <laughs> she says, well, her name is Lady. throw burgers at you? Because then that would. <laughs> oh, that'd be fantastic. Burgers and freedom fries. Yeah. <laughs> Fried chicken. Uh, <laughs> yeah. um, so when you encounter her, um, actually, when I got to her, I was like on my last life. And I was like, there's no way I'm going to fight another boss. She says, because I can't fight you, I challenge you to a quiz. Ooh. So you don't actually fight the fifth level boss. Lady Liberty, Liberty takes you to a game show and you fight her in a, in a quiz. So. Um, the contestants are you, the KKK guy and the chicken (laughs) (laughs) and the three of you face off like jeopardy style in a, um, multiple choice type quiz show. And if you get three, right in a row, uh, three, right, not in a row, just the first to get three wins. And if it's not you, you lose a life and actually have to redo, um, the whole level or a good portion of the level. Um, like I said, the game is really hard. So get the quiz right. Um, so <laughs> how do you learn the answers to the quiz? Well, so luckily I was playing an English translation of the game. Yeah. Um, but the questions, um, they're pretty basic. Like the first question is, um, where do I live? And she's a Statue of Liberty. So, mm. you know, New York, where am I from? would be the second question, you know, right. she's from France. France. Yeah. So those are the first couple. Then I was totally thrown for a curve because you know, the game's from Japan. So then you start getting Bunch these Japanese trivia? more Japanese related questions. And I'm like, Oh, this is getting tough. Then this one question, um, totally interesting. She says, what is the name of Konami's game music band? And I was like, oh. what is that? I'm like, I don't have a clue, but I want to know. So I, I can't remember if I got it right or not, but I, I made a, like I took a mental snapshot and I started Googling and I found that there's, um, the internal development team at Konami that creates music. They're called the, the that does all the music for the Konami games. Um, I, I don't know if they're still known as this, but back in, in the time of the eighties and the nineties, they were called the Konami Kukohai club. <laughs> I said that wrong, but it's uh, pretty close. <laughs> oh yeah. Cause you know, you sent that to me before. Okay. So. Konami Kuko high club, um, which translates to the Konami square wave club, which is this, this, the way the sound development works on the uh, N- Nintendo sound chip. That was the internal sound team. But the answer to the question was actually not that um, it was just the Kuko high club, which is actually a band that was started by members of the Konami Square Wave Club that do that do video game uh, music covers. So it's almost like an ad for their band. Kind in of, the yeah, game. yeah. <laughs> and I had <laughs> no I- album. I had no idea that this thing existed. And Come so see our show. <laughs> I tried to find more information on it, and it all comes back down to the just this goofy Kid Dracula game that you know teaching me something about Konami's history. So I think this is probably one of the wackiest, if not the wackiest game we've ever talked about <laughs> other than when I was doing all those crazy Japanese games. Yeah. Well, I, you know, and I really wanted to cover something Halloween for the season. So this was kind of my, my big Halloween pick. There was, um, on the, on the last note of the, uh, Konami square wave club, I'm, I'm going to call them that cause that's easier for me to say. Um, they actually put out an album in 1991 called, uh, Konami Famicom music Memorial best volume three. And it featured um, a lot of songs from Kid Dracula and other Konami Famicom games. So that's going to be on my list of something to check out one day. It's my favorite album of all time. (laughs) The name like uh, Konami Famicom Music Memorial Best Volume 3. (laughs) Can't help but want to go find Volume 1 or 2. Throw a few more supers in in there. Supers, Put a chicken on the covers. (laughs) Um, Happy time. So I, this, this was kind of my Halloween game for the month. Um, finished it up and thought, you know what, I'm going to talk about it for the podcast. So I want to talk about the ending because I was lucky enough to experience it. Um, you, you win the game and, uh, I won't ruin the final boss or anything like that, but you win the game and it says all the monsters in Transylvania show up to the castle wanting to be 
Dracula's friend. He becomes the demon lord once more. So it's all about, you know, being popular and <laughs> yeah, liked by yeah, all the exactly. other monsters. And then the monster mash plays because it, it should at should. that moment. Yeah. Um, not quite, but that would, that would be, that would be good. There, it's, it's kind of a, like they show his throne and it's all mm. covered in skulls and it's like got like a cute, still cute. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Even though it has skulls and everything. Yeah. It's still cute. cute. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's kind of like just a big full, full screen image of his chair, his throne. And there's like a cute little witch hovering beside it, a big, uh, goofy looking Frankenstein. I should mention, um, because Mike, you've obviously you're a big fan of Dragon Ball. Yes. Um, kid Dracula looks like a white haired kid Goku and there's, and the Frankenstein monster in the game, um, looks like Ader. So really? yeah, that's awesome. So at the end of the game, there's like the big Ader basically is it's Frankenstein. Frankenstein. Yeah. 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 So any, any dragon ball listeners out there would know. Yeah. Um, so cute little witch, cute little Frankenstein monster, couple other bats and other goofy Halloween monsters all gather around the chair and Dracula hops on and then you get, you get the credits. And then my favorite part of the ending is when the credits finish, it says, Look out behind you made you luck. And that's the end of the game. <laughs> um, one more wacky thing. Yeah. Just in case anyone uh, listening wants to play where, how did you play the English translation? So, um, you could search for I'm kid Dracula because that's the English title. You might be able to find the ROM online. Um, make sure you look for English translation because there's lots out there. If you don't, you can play through um, the entire game without being able to read anything, except when you get to Lady Liberty. Um, you probably hit a wall if you can't randomly guess one of the three yeah. options in kanji. If you use your like Google translation yeah. app and hold it on your <laughs> TV. Um, but you can actually buy reproduction carts too. If you're someone like me who wants to play authentically on the Nintendo, you could buy the Famicom uh, cartridge as well. But there Is are companies. No, I, oh, okay. um, I, bought, I, I played the ROM, but I also am waiting because it's October, uh, waiting in transit right now for my copy to arrive in the mail. Oh really? Um, there's a company, there's, there's tons of companies out there, but I went through one called flashback entertainment because not only do they make the reproduction carts, but they actually make, they reproduce the instruction manuals in color and complete like replica box art and everything too. Is it translated? Yes. Replica manual? It is. It's That's all crazy. in English. Yeah. And because this game never came out in North America, this is the only way to own a physical copy of it in English. So That's cool. Yeah. And it only costs you ten thousand dollars. <laughs> yeah, it's not cheap, but it, I mean it's comparable to buying a brand new NES game back in the day. Maybe a bit more, but it's a special, <laughs> special thing you buy. It's worth it. Yeah. yeah. All right, Aaron, what do you got for this? What this do week? I got? For your triumphant return. My triumphant return. Okay, well, I got, uh, I was going to pick something weird and goofy in Japanese like uh, Jordan, but then I decided against it. I went a little more mainstream. So the the game I'm talking about is one you've surely heard of, The Sims 2, which obviously is a sequel to the super popular mega hit The Sims, which has you manage the lives of completely incompetent people as they fail to feed themselves and live in their own filth. <laughs> That's a very accurate description. <laughs> Standing in a puddle of your own piss. What else can I say? So, Do you guys remember when The Sims came out and like what like a revolution it was? Oh man, yeah, it was huge. It was a huge yeah. game when that came which out. Which is funny because it was, it was like the logical conclusion of the Sim series from Maxis. And yeah. I was a huge fan of that series in yeah, general. Yeah, like the SimCity series. Yeah, the SimCity series. I played the original SimCity way back in the day. I mean, shift F-U-N-D forever, if anyone knows what I'm talking about. Oh, you is that the, that's, that's, <laughs> is that the money unlock? That's the money unlock code. You'd yeah. hit shift and F-U-N-D, and it would give you like $10,000. Okay. And uh, or, or, which later became called Simoleons. But it'd give you $10,000, and you could only do that like three or four times. And if you did it again it would unleash a natural disaster on your city. <laughs> awesome. So something would explode or a tornado would rip through town. Okay. So, yeah. so they didn't want you to cheat. No, you, you, could, cheat, you could cheat just a little just, bit, but not too much. A little, yeah, just a little bit. <laughs> so, um, so I'm talking about The Sims 2, which was a, a cool upgrade from the original Sims. In the original Sims, they all did it in like a uh, isometric view. So all the background and all the furniture and all the walls and everything were sort of like a raster image. They were just a graphic pixels and you couldn't really move much around the environment. You set up your house and then you had 3D characters which would walk around your environment and all that kind of stuff and you manage their lives. Now in Sims 2, they actually went full 3D. So there's way more options for putting your furniture in there. You can move the camera around the space. You could, it just opened up that world a lot more and it was a really, really cool game overall. I played a hell of a lot of it. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I was really into The Sims 2. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it is, Sims 2 is one of the best-selling PC games of all time. 
it clocks in at 15th, I found out. And while I was looking at that list of the best-selling PC games of all time, I noticed that uh, Player Unknown's Battlegrounds is higher than Half-Life 2. Yeah. It, well, they, they keep breaking their own record yeah. for a uh, number of people online at the same time. Yeah. So, like, I think the last one was, like, I can't remember what it was. It was something many, many millions of people playing all online all at the same what, time. Like, they can't, they can barely keep up with the server load. Well, it's crazy to me because like Half-Life 2 is the game that everybody and their dog owns a copy of, right? Yeah. You've probably bought it four or five times unwittingly. Like that's yeah, just you bought the Half-Life 2. Yeah, or, you buy yeah. the orange box, it, come, you, comes with it came, whatever. Come in, it came in a bundle pack at, yeah. uh, oh, during a Steam sale or something like that. Yeah. And that's bizarre because I mean, I literally have had like four copies of Half-Life 2, but yeah, we have no we, Battlegrounds. We have above it in sales. We haven't talked about it, but it's it's becoming like it's becoming like the story of the year of yeah. like what a crazy game this is and like the insane success the company's having. Yeah, I know. PUBG, baby. <laughs> PUBG. <laughs> and as I said, I played a lot of the Maxis Sim games uh, starting with SimCity and I learned a lot of really cool scientific facts from some of the Sim games. Two of my favorite in the entire series were actually Sim Ant and Sim Earth. And they both had uh, manuals that were like textbooks, like big, thick books full of like actual facts. So in Sim Earth, it would be like, You'd learn about tectonic plates and like biomes and geology and all that kind of stuff. And it was all based on like real facts and real theory. I learned a ton of stuff reading that cover to cover. And Sim Ant, same thing. It's like learn about ants. And if you don't know what Sim Ant is, it's like Sims, except you play as an ant. Your whole goal is to like <laughs> build tunnels. Yeah, I was going to say it's all tunnels. Food. <laughs> yeah, you, you build tunnels, you collect food, you avoid the horrible spider. And, uh, mean. And, and and it's black versus red. So it's like oh, you build yours and you have to attack the red ants and collect food, <laughs> save your queen, expand the colony. And you start in the yard and you eventually have to uh, like infiltrate the house and all that kind of stuff. That's cool. <laughs> There's an unlock code that gives the laser a spider. I mean, the spider a laser. <laughs> So uh, he a actually, spider shooting a laser, spider <laughs> shooting laser, which is just terrible. It suddenly became a Japanese game there, <laughs> but uh, it gives the uh, spider a laser. So he walks around and he actually will zap ants with his that sounds crazy. laser cannon. Yeah, but this isn't. I'm not talking about Simant though. As <laughs> much as I like Sims to talk about Sims Two. So the Sims Two went on to spawn a lot of uh, expansion packs, a ton of them. Like first of all, let me see. Sims Two came out in 2004 originally that was and like the the era of expansion packs yes like the early 2000s that was when everyone was like that was before dlc but like after they couldn't do expansion like yeah. expansion well, packs were kind of invented and then they took off even the original sims had a ton of expansion packs yeah we went on and on and on and uh of course uh in sims 2 new hats. continued that yeah new hats exactly <laughs> yeah <laughs> i remember the last sims expansion was like hot date or something yeah like that, something so. like that and uh so that came out in 2004. The last expansion for Sims 2 came out in 2008, and it was called Apartment Life. And it was notable because it actually reintroduced uh, witches and warlocks to the series. So we'll tie that in for <laughs> a little bit of a Halloween fun here. Where else would they live? Yeah, exactly. But it's like Apartment <laughs> Life. It gives them like a New York-style apartment, and it's like all this normal stuff. And then just randomly, it's like also, Sounds like know, a let's get witches and warlocks in <laughs> Sounds like a show on the CW. It's <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> urban warlock. Yeah. Now, when Apartment Life came out, it, it launched with a trailer, and accompanying that trailer was a song, and that's the song that I'm featuring. Now, the song is called Hot and Cold, and I'm sure a lot of people know what that song is. Mike, do you know what the song Hot and Cold is? Uh, it, it sounds familiar, and maybe once I hear the song, I'll know, but I don't. All right, well. Not offhand. All right, well, let's listen to Hot and Cold first, and then I will talk a little bit about it. So here is Hot and Cold from the trailer and from the game, um, the apartment life expansion for Sims 2.
Sound familiar at all? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So this is Katy Perry's number one chart hit, Hot and Cold, re-recorded in Simlish. Really? Yeah. So <laughs> along with the uh, trailer that this, uh, this came out with, it actually, uh, they had a full music video, which was the trailer. So, and this is the first time I'd ever heard this song. Like Katy Perry was really big at the time. Yeah. And this song was like pretty much new. And I don't know how she got on board the Sims train originally. They probably just offered her a big pile of money. And probably we're like, a big we pile want of money in but, our game. Yeah. Well, but she actually like, this wasn't a cheat. They didn't like just remix her lyrics or anything like that. She, she came it? into the studio and sang these lyrics. So. In Japanese. No, it's Simlish. not Japanese. It's, si- it's Simlish, Simlish. I guess. Yeah. Sorry. Now I, I want to talk about like Simlish is actually, um, uh, it was, it's, it wasn't from The Sims. The Simlish language actually debuted in the another Maxis game, Simcopter, that came out in 1996. And also, the Sim, like Simlish then appeared in fair, Sim games after that. And it's also interesting that uh, the, the Maxis game Spore, which was mm-hmm. supposed to be like yep. the saving grace that was yeah, supposed to be the biggest game of all time. Your, yeah. Creatures in Spore could be taught to speak Simlish, actually. Oh, okay. And Simlish is a full language, if I'm correct, right? You know, it, like I it's was, pretty expansive. I was reading a bit about it. Like Will Wright, he wanted to, he realized that he had to have his characters in The Sims speak. Like, and he didn't know how he's going to do it because there's way too many dialogue. There's way like too many languages. Too many, yeah. Well, it, it wasn't even languages because it was always going to be English, but it was uh, it was too much. Like there was like, there was too much stuff that happened in the game to actually give it all dialogue. And even uh, he originally was going to do like uh, Navajo or Esperanto or something like that in the game. But then he realized that even with those things, the amount of clips that he could actually put in the game would get way too repetitive, and you start to notice patterns coming out. So they completely from scratch invented this Simlish language, which was mostly ad libbed in the studio during recording, and it was so almost English, like a pig Latin-y kind of thing yeah, yeah, in yeah. a way that it, it just threw people's brains off enough that it didn't have a ton of lines, several hundred lines, but it never really got super repetitive just because of the weird way it played with your brain. So it's, it's not, it's not as, um, built out as I thought, because I, it's I, not a real language. Yeah. yeah it's not yeah. like Elvish I, or something no, where it's a full yeah, language. Yeah, it's I just thought it gibberish, was, but it sounds almost real. Yeah, <laughs> no, I, I guess somewhere I heard that, that they, it was actually documented. Like this is the Simlish word for that. I'm sure somebody tried to somebody figure probably, it out. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, for Katy Perry to learn Simlish yeah. for her song, it was probably easier for her to just read off a script or make it up. And she was reading off a script. It actually is. She, this isn't the only rec- song she recorded for the Sims. She actually record, um, um, Friday, that uh, last Friday night song that she, I don't know if you guys know that song. She's got a song called last Friday night. It was another uh, chart topping f- single for her, but uh, she recorded that in Simlish and there's actually video on the internet of her in the recording sessions doing it. And it's, it's bizarre because she's just reading off a script and she's like singing these lines over and over. And it's like, man, it must be just mind numbing yeah. reading these, like singing these Gibberish. over and over and yeah. trying to like give it meaning or passion or something, right? Going home at the end of the day to your spouse and trying to like have a, say a sentence. (laughs) (laughs) But you listen to like the hot and cold. And if you know the, the original song as well, you can kind of like pick out the words. It's almost like in some places they took the words and like left out a few letters or just remixed them or changed the vowel sounds, that kind of stuff. So it still works as a song. And it's funny because I actually quite like this song now because of uh, <laughs> the Simlish remix. Because Simlish. of the Simlish <laughs> remix, and I actually prefer the Sim 
ver- simlish version to the original mm. version. It's funny because when I played The Sims 2, there were one or two songs that I'd never heard of until playing the game. So I only, I too only knew the simlish version. And it was, you know, I'd go online and Google like, ooh, what is this song? And listen to it online. I'm like, this is a great song. And then find out that they're all real songs. Yeah. And right. then I was introduced to some new bands and new music through The Sims. But I always <laughs> kind of in the same way, I always come back to the Simlish version because yeah. that's the first way I ever heard it. So. And it's funny. I was checking that out too. And I didn't know a lot of the other bands that recorded. But I mean, when this came out, Katy Perry was pretty big at the time. Like she was her was that when she was like Star on, was the on the rise. rise. Yeah, yeah, this was exactly. her like, this is her, her big moment. And it's funny because uh, she, this isn't the only version of Hot and Cold that she recorded. When I was doing research, and people may remember this because it wasn't... Uh, that long ago, like the song came out when Apartment Life came out. So it was about nine years old now. But she also performed a version of this song with Elmo from Sesame Street for <laughs> Sesame Street. But that clip never aired. They actually yanked it over oh, really? concerns that she was showing way too much cleavage in the video. <laughs> and you can still watch this video. It's on YouTube. So they, it, they posted it. Oh, so they it. didn't air it, but they, they posted it. They didn't air it, but it's still online. Somebody leaked so you it, can, yeah. You can watch it. And it's just funny because responding to the controversy, because they never actually aired it on Sesame Street, um, Katy Perry did a, um, a hosting gig on Saturday Night Live where she wore an Elmo t-shirt. I've seen a picture of that and I never knew why she wore an Elmo shirt. And it's funny because like the shirt is also like split down the front. Like it's like like cut it open. And it's like, (laughs) Like super cleavage shirt. Did yeah. Elmo's head split in half? It's, yeah, yeah, it literally <laughs> is. Literally like Elmo Elmo's cut down head the middle. split in half just, you know, to show more cleavage. And yeah. it's, it's hilarious. It's a message. Yeah, it, it, it's that's funny. funny. I didn't know that. I've so, never understood why that Elmo shirt, so now yeah. I have context. And that's where it comes from. It's from the, uh, the Sesame Street version of Hot and Cold, which also has remixed lyrics, though not as nonsensical as uh, the Simlish version. So I also wanted to talk a bit about uh, my relationship with the Sims 2 game as well. This is a story that I, I think I've told at least you before about yeah. uh, when I was playing Sims 2. Uh, I, I actually played this game extensively while I was between jobs instead of looking for work. So <laughs> you know, if, my, if my wife listens to this. You were making simoleons. <laughs> I was making <laughs> mad simoleons. simoleons. <laughs> Honey, what did you do today? I made so much simoleons. <laughs> So I recreated my apartment to scale with all the furniture in it. I, re- I made a version of myself and a version of my wife to live in this apartment. And, it, you know, I also, they had a way that you could like do a blog posting thing. They had like this album where you'd take screenshots, you'd post it online. So okay. you could like follow my adventures in the game. So instead of working, I had quite an extensive adventures of fake me and fake <laughs> my wife in this thing. <laughs> and uh, it's funny because in the game, my wife became a mad scientist, which she was in the scientific career category, and she reached the pinnacle of that career, which is mad scientist. And it's awesome because once you become a mad scientist, you get like a lab coat with like bloody handprints on it and also a robotic hand. Your character just automatically has a robotic hand. And That's I thought, awesome. I thought that was pretty awesome. And uh, Sounds like Dr. Junkenstein. <laughs> and the character, my wife's avatar actually eventually died in the game because she was wearing this like special magical light bulb hat that helps you learn things really quickly. So she was like wearing this stupid light bulb hat and playing the piano to learn how to play the piano really, really well. And while she was doing that, she was so engrossed in what she was doing that she died of starvation because she forgot to feed herself. (laughs) So she died, toppled off the piano. The Grim Reaper shows up. And so then my avatar has to run over there and plead for her life with the Grim Reaper. He gives you like a chance to like save somebody if you get there fast enough and unfortunately i lost that chance and she died so were you too slow or you couldn't play no i i the thing is is you it's kind of like a game of chance it's almost like a coin flip kind of thing you just go there and you plead and he either says yes or he says no and he said no to me so uh she killed your wife in the yeah he killed my wife and it was it was really sad (laughs) you were supposed to be looking for a job (laughs) exactly (laughs) and uh that's like the ultimate guilt and she uh like when you die in the game, if you're outside a house, you become a tombstone, essentially. And yep. if you're inside the house, you're like a little urn of ashes. And what I did is underneath the apartment, I found out that you could actually like lower the terrain and build like underground sections under your house. Okay. So I actually built an underground crypt for my wife with like stones and wall torches and stuff like that with her urn on a little pedestal. And then on above that on the wall was like a half finished self portrait that she was painting of herself <laughs> in the game. So it has this like half finished portrait of her character, robot hand and all this urn under there. And it was awesome because 
my Sims above would like, cause there, we had several kids in the game. They would go about their regular normal lives and periodically for just totally at random for no reason, they would run into the crypt, cry over at, at the urn and then like run back up and go back to eating pizza or whatever the hell we were doing. So it's like schedule as part yeah, of their daily exactly. activities. Like, now I must go and cry <laughs> and then, and then come back. Yeah. The emotion, like the way the emotion was programmed into the game was always really weird. Like it would come up, Kind of like that at random times and very quickly and sporadically. Yeah. And so it'd be like, you know, a sim would all like be doing something. It's kind of like playing the piano. And then all of yeah. a sudden it'd be like, oh, I haven't eaten. And it was just like, <laughs> it was never a smooth transition. It was always like snap, snap. Yeah. yeah. And I loved like the nonsense in that game. It was uh, like, it was fun just to observe what there, there was this one house that I had and we just kind of like let, we put a guy in there and let him like, him I think to his, his own was, devices. Yeah. Left him yeah. to his own device. So I think we called him Bramden flakes or something like that. <laughs> But he uh, is funny because, of course, he like immediately loses his job, goes into a state of depression. He's living in absolute filth. He sits at home crying at his table all day. And, and then what? Like, it's funny because he's crying, he's crying, he's crying. Phone rings. He picks it up. He wins like $10 or something like that. He wins like $50 in like a random prize lottery, something like that. Hangs up the phone, picks it up and orders a pizza. immediately. <laughs> so, sounds legit. That's, you know, that's like a regular human, right? I guess yeah. it's good. AI. He's waiting for death to take him yeah. away. And he's he's like, like, he was near death. Pizza. Yeah, his life was in hell. He won like a chance, a shot, a yeah. little bit of money. And then immediately is like blew it all on pizza. Oh, that's so. so funny, man. It wouldn't be Aaron Blauchuk on VGM generations. If we didn't have a 20 minute long <laughs> Sims 2 tangent. But anyway, all right. So Is that's that a tangent. I'm t- I was talking about the game that I was featuring. So, it was, yeah. but it got, it, it got a little deeper than I expected. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, that's it for our picks this week. Uh, and so now we, it is the fourth episode of the month. So it is time for the game for the name that tune game. So Ooh. players get ready, Showtime. ready player one and two, I guess Start I should say. Start your engines. That's right. So, uh, you guys, if you haven't listened before, how this goes is we have uh, five tracks. We are looking for the name of the song or what um, level it plays on, the game it is from, and the system it is on. Those are our three points per track. Uh, they get three listens to the tracks. Uh, the tracks are all lined up back to back. I added a little gap in the, between this time because I think that makes it a little easier. Uh, and last one was super hard, so we're going to try and make this one a little easier. But let us go. Play, play along at home if you're listening. Play along at home, and if, <laughs> you, yeah. if you're driving, then just pull out a pen and write on your steering wheel. Yeah. If you're driving, don't yeah. play along. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so let's have our first listen through of the mix of songs here. So that was the first listen through. You guys are scribbling furiously, which is probably a good sign. Let me know when you're ready for your second listen. I may not need one. Just saying <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to need one. I don't write that fast. Okay. Yeah, that, that is just fast. <laughs> it's hard to write that quickly. All right. So here we go. Here's the second listen through. Last listen through, or are you guys good? Up to Aaron, uh, I'm good. Yeah, I, I might need another one. I'm still thinking. All right, uh, let me know when you want. It. So, and uh, I guess I probably don't need to say this, uh, but you guys probably clued in. Um, I forgot to say it before we started. The theme is obviously like spooky Halloweeny games, yeah. so or yeah. spooky parts of games or whatever. So, yeah, I, I kind of went with a Halloweenish theme since we didn't do a Halloween month this month like we did last year. All right, I'm going to need again. All right, here's the last listen through. All 
All right. So there's all three listen throughs. So, uh, yeah. So now I'm going to need you guys to go back and forth and tell me what you got. So for the first one, Jordan, we'll have you go first. What did you got? Bloody Tears, Castlevania 2 on Nintendo. Oh, sorry. I forgot to mention. I fully expect you guys to get all of these. So <laughs> I am going to I'm going to give points like little half part part oh, okay. points to, because I think for, it's going to be really close. Okay. So um, I'm going to give points for like ultimate accuracy. Uh, so I'll let I'll let you. So start like you again. can't say level one. You have to say well, like, like the name of the level. That I'm not going to say exactly <laughs> what it is. It just as okay. accurate as you can give me. The oh, answer. OK. Then I should change the name of the game from uh, Castlevania 2 to uh, uh, what, what is it called? Simon's Quest. Castlevania 2 Simon's Quest. The song was Bloody Tears. On the Nintendo Entertainment System slash Famicom. Is that <laughs> accurate enough? That's good. All right. Actually, it wouldn't be accurate if you said Famicom. Well, I, I don't know the soundtrack on Famicom. Exactly, so, yeah. But anyway, uh, Aaron? I said level one, <laughs> Castlevania 2, NES. Okay, so you get two points. All right. So, okay. Uh, the next one. It was level one, though, wasn't it? It was, but yeah, it was. It ha- if it has a name. So it's got to be like a half point, man. All right, I'll give you 2.5. <laughs> Oh, wait, wait, what, what do I get? Did you got three. Okay. Because you had ultimate accuracy. So, okay, uh, Aaron, uh, the second one, what'd you get? So it was area one, which is the graveyard from Ghosts and Goblins on the NES. Okay. That is correct. Well, all right. Jordan, what'd you say? Uh, I said the same thing, except I said level one. Okay. I don't know if... I wouldn't know if there was a name to the level, so okay. I, I believe it. I believe they just say like they either say level one or area one. Yeah, and I, I I wrote down graveyard. I don't think it's called graveyard, but it is a graveyard. On the map, it shows a one and then a two yeah. and then a three. So and you had uh, ghosts and goblins and NES. Yeah. Okay. So I'm gonna give you guys both. Two. You're two? not wrong. I'm gonna give you both two points on that. It's actually what I was looking for there. Um, and this is why it's fun because only I know what I'm looking for. <laughs> uh, it's I was looking for stages one and two. Oh, it's both. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's both stages one and two. So that oh. that was the extra half point there. So, so you both get two points for that one. Two points. Okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> but, uh, we will say stage one. So yeah, get, it, it's two and a half points. I, Shouldn't it be? <laughs> I'm, I'm the guy scoring. I argue for half points. <laughs> I, know. So. I know. I noticed. All right. Inch, you can both get two points. Inch, right, inch your way points. to the finish line. <laughs> as long as I keep it even, it doesn't matter. All right. Uh, Jordan, number three. Okay, I'm gonna drop the ball because I don't I don't play the Pokemans, but um, I said Lavender Town. Correct. Pokemon. Well, I said Pokemon. I wrote you Pokemon. You said Pokemon. Just Pokemon. I, I wrote Pokemon. Just I'm, Pokemon. Well, okay. So then I wrote because I know nothing. <laughs> I wrote the first one, and then I wrote Yellow question mark, and I don't even know if Yellow is the first one. It is not. <laughs> okay. Um, so I contradicted my answer, but, but it's but. not technically wrong. And then what system? Game Boy. Yeah. Okay. So you get 2.25 points. Uh, Aaron, what did you say? I also said Lavender Town. I wrote down Pokemon Red on the Game Boy. You also get 2.25 points. The full answer I was looking for was Pokemon Red, Green, Blue, and Yellow because the music for Lavender Town is the same on all. Oh, I didn't didn't realize that we had to do like multiple, (laughs) multiple things. This is, this is news to me. Yeah. But I told you. Uh, So, (laughs) all right. Uh, the third one, uh, Aaron, it's your turn to go first. All right. I, I, this is, this is one that I wasn't sure of cause it, it's a game that I haven't played much of, but it's, I wrote down ghost house from super Mario world on the, uh, super Nintendo. That is correct. All right. I wrote the same thing. All right. You get all three points for that one. There's no secret, uh, one for that one though. That was one. Actually, I admit, even though that's Mario and a super popular game, that one probably gave me the most trouble because I just love that song. Yeah. You so sure that wasn't the uh, Mario maker version, which is no, that was the original identical. Yeah. It's pretty much identical. It actually sounds a little better. Does it? Yeah. Um, and then the last one, uh, Jordan, it's your turn. Yeah, I'm probably get this one wrong, but it's one of the Doom games. I wrote Doom, just the first one. And I couldn't remember what level. So I said level one theme. And then I put it to me. It sounded like the Super Nintendo version. All right. So it is Super Nintendo. It is the first Doom, uh, but you get 0.5 for the title. Karen, I wrote uh See, I wrote level one on Mars for the level because it is on Mars. Okay. Yeah. I think there, there was a, one of the and moons. Then, yeah. And then the other stuff. And I wrote Doom, but I wrote PC. I didn't recognize. Oh, yeah. shit. 
Oh, this is where Jordan takes it. <laughs> All right, let me do the math. Because <laughs> I've never heard the uh, Super Nintendo version of Doom before. What is So you, Aaron, huh? I'm disappointed in you. What? You should have got this at Doom's Gate. That I, is the title I, of that track. Yeah. And you played that for us. I, actually, I thought it was at Hell's Gate, but it's at, at Doom's, Doom's Gate. Gate. You've yeah. played that track for us. Yeah. So that was that was Maybe, a gimme for you. Is it called at Doom's Gate on Super Nintendo and yes, at is. Hell's Gate on PC? No. no it's no. at Doom's Gate on both. Okay. But that was the Super Nintendo, so good ear on the chip there, Jordan. Yeah, thank you. All right, so three... Hang on. Let me... I got to do the math here. Uh, Yeah, Jordan took it. Just by, just by a, a hair's breadth. Uh-huh. Congratulations. So. Wait, can I still argue for another half point? No, you can't. Oh. <laughs> the game's over. <laughs> but yeah, so Jordan wins just by a little bit. So how was that one? I feel like that was, that was a good, good one. That, that was good. I like, I like it is when it, it's more recognizable. Is it more fun yeah. when I do random scoring and give you super recognizable stuff? But then you have to be uber accurate. I like that. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's I points don't for like ultimate. That. Well, hard. <laughs> I, like, I like when you give us ones where it could be a different sound chip and you have to say, is that Sega? Is yeah. that super? I was going to do uh, actually for Doom like because doom came out on really everything and so there i I listened to a bunch of them there was one from uh genesis or actually it was the 32x and that would have been like if you guys had picked that i would have been very impressed but there was like the 3do version all these weird ones but i was like i don't think they'll know that one that could be a neat contest though where it's the same song five times but with different sound (laughs) take the oh man that That would be really for the texas instruments t83 (laughs) yeah yeah. Yeah, (laughs) i don't know if that one had music but anyway So that's it for uh, the game in this episode. And uh, we want to always talk about the contest. Um, so uh, the games in the in the prize pool this week are Sunderdawn Steam, Sonic, Media, Sonic Mania on your platform of choice, and Pinball Arcade on your platform of choice. Uh, and to win that, all you need to do is hop on social media, uh, Facebook or Twitter, and uh, interact with us in any way, shape, or form you so choose. And for 10,000 entries into the contest, leave us a review on iTunes. Uh, And as another reminder, we're now on Stitcher as well. Uh, You can also uh, listen to the podcast there. So if you've been holding out, if you're a dedicated Stitcher user, or or rather you have a friend who is, because if you've been holding out, you won't be listening to this. um, (laughs) Let them know we're on Stitcher and you can can pick up the podcast there and listen to it there now. Um, Yeah, so that is it for this month of Anything Goes on VGM Generations. Welcome back, Aaron. And uh, we will catch you guys next time. Thank you.
Long ago, in a distant land, I, a cool, shape-shifting master of evil. Oh, darkness. Darkness. Oh, <laughs> Close. <laughs>